Now I'm getting wavy forms. And when I talk, we're getting level 10 wavy forms. Yes. Or nine, or I forget who got cool. who. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Yeah, I would say well. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. You want to talk about stuff? I do. All right. So, um, big thing hinted at it last week. Implied secrecy. You threatened to uh, share my secrets if I had not, if I was not ready to reveal them. But luckily, we are. Um, this was the domain transition. So that was the big game that we've been playing at. Uh, so put succinctly, what was upcase.com is now thoughtbot.com/upcase. So. Uh, what we did was we unified the domain. We brought Upcase as a brand and as a concept a little bit closer back to ThoughtBot. Uh, the reasons for this are sort of twofold. Uh, the first is when I think about Upcase and when I run and produce content and lead others in producing content on Upcase, it's really about ThoughtBot. Mm -hmm. That's our unique differentiating factor. This isn't here's how to build a Rails app. This is here's how ThoughtBot builds a Rails app. Here's the way that we think about things, the architectures, the platforms, the tools, and the reasons why that we've garnered from years of client work. I believe in that strongly. I think that's what keeps me interested in working on it as a platform. So anything that we can do to further embrace and share that with the world, cool. I'm into it. So that's the sort of backstory. But the, the really fundamental reason is this was recommended to us by our marketing team uh, as just general good practice SEO. So ThoughtBot.com as a domain has much higher uh, authority in Google's eyes mm -hmm. than Upcase.com, which certainly makes sense. ThoughtBot's been around for a lot longer. The robots domain, where our blog lives, robots.thoughtbot.com, sees a lot of links. Uh, the internet is a fan of our blog, it turns out. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been around for 10 years. It's got many, many different people linking into it, and it's just got a ton of authority in Google's eyes as a result. Uh, whereas Upcase is largely its own little island, there are certainly some links going into it, but not nearly as much and not with as much time and you know all of those details. Mm -hmm. So the hope is that by making this transition, we'll both A, uh, be able to better represent what Upcase is. Uh, this is learn to be a web developer, learn to improve your skills as a web developer with ThoughtBot. So mm -hmm. it's just a clarification of that. And further, hopefully it will improve our search rankings. Hmm. And thus more customers. Yes. So we've seen organic search to be our primary at this point uh, avenue of getting new customers. So we convert organic search at around 1%. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a thing that I think the internet has largely embraced. The idea of someone searching for what you're selling, that's probably the best way to get them to buy the thing rather than trying to convince someone that it's something that they want. Mm -hmm. So if someone's looking for a Git, advanced Git tutorial and mastering Git, that tutorial hours shows up. It's a good chance that they'll buy because we've got exactly what they want, our search match. That's you know, This is the premise of Google. I'm not explaining anything interesting there, but uh, that's that's the thinking here. Cool. Well, congrats on getting it done. Thank you. So uh, it was an interesting thing. I think I'll talk briefly about the implementation because yeah. it's vaguely interesting and others might be interested in doing it. Uh, so it turned out it was both relatively straightforward and then there were lots of little pieces that made it slightly more complicated. So the relatively straightforward slash the high-level architecture of how this works, thoughtbot.com is uh, actually a Rails application in and of itself. Hmm. But in front of that, we have Fastly. So Fastly is a CDN. Their job is to cache any response that we give and put it out on their whole network of 
uh, edges and make everything faster is basically the idea. Uh, but it turns out that Fastly actually does more than that. They can also do uh, proxying, so reverse proxying in this case, where the majority of requests to ThoughtBot.com, when Fastly receives them, it will pass them on to the main Rails application for ThoughtBot.com, get that, cache it, do all of its normal stuff. But we were able to add in a condition, and this is just a feature of their platform, uh, add in a condition that says if the path begins with upcase, forward it to this other Heroku application. Mm -hmm. So everything going to slash uh, upcase, that now goes to the same Rails application that was running before, so we didn't have to move that or do any DNS entries or anything like that. This was strictly Fastly sits in front of all of this, and it decides essentially how to route that traffic. Mm. Uh, so now if you go to thoughtbot.com slash upcase slash the weekly iteration, you'll see the weekly iteration. Everything will make sense. The slight complications were around the fact that there are plenty of links, bookmarks, things like that, that did exist pointing at upcase.com. Right. So we obviously don't want to orphan those. We're good citizens of the internet. We teach how to make the internet, so we really should do this correctly. Uh, so we implemented a number of different redirects. So basically, generically on upcase.com, we made a code change, and this is what we had to deploy today. If you come in and you say upcase.com slash the weekly iteration, we'll redirect that using a 301, so a permanent, this is now over here, never look here again, go look over there. Mm -hmm. uh, and that redirect goes to thoughtbot.com slash upcase slash whatever the actual path that you were looking for on upcase is. Mm -hmm. So it switches the domain and it prepends the path. So what's great is this: the internet was designed really well, is what I've been uh, rediscovering as part of this. Redirects just work, they work really well. Uh, browsers are extremely smart because they have this consistent understood behavior. Browsers can uh, very effectively navigate redirects, and it's mm. really not a problem. Uh, so this is essentially, for most users, pretty much transparent. Uh, they did get logged out of Upcase after this had happened because the cookie that remembers who you are, mm -hmm. that was associated with Upcase.com. Mm -hmm. Now we're over on ThoughtBot, but otherwise everything basically stayed the same which uh, is interesting, even to the point that uh, the exercise system, which is a distinct Rails application and has OAuth friendship with the primary upcase application, uh, it didn't. we didn't need to change anything there. The OAuth flow, everything about that, there's even API calls that get exchanged between the two. Those all just work because of redirects, hmm. which is impressive. And I'm very thankful to those who uh, built this here web years yeah. ago. Yeah, pointers. Yeah, that's cool. That sort of thing. So it's funny because I'm th I was sitting here thinking, Upcase used to be learn.thoughtbot.com. Sure did. <laughs> and then it became upcase.com. And now it's under a subfolder on thoughtbot.com. Yes. The subfolder is the slightly better for SEO thing I've heard. Yes. Yeah, so we did, uh, we did some research and we're working with a marketing firm and they unequivocally said this. I wanted to check a little bit for myself. So I checked a couple of places on the internet just to basically for myself to say, like, I, I believe in this uh, reality about the internet. Uh, Moz is one of the primary places on the internet for knowledge about search engine, uh, about SEO in the good sense, about like, you have content, you want people to find that content, we can help you do that. Not the spammy setting up link farms, the evil stuff that some people associate with SEO. Mm -hmm. um, and so Moz, they actually have a video directly talking to this topic, uh, because unfortunately Google has actually put out some information that seems questionable. Mm. Uh, but Google is, you know, they have their biases and whatnot, and Moz's recommendations are based on their own experiences and their client experiences. So everything kind of pointed at doing this, particularly the subpath. It was certainly a little bit more work than going back to a subdomain, but if we were going to do this, I felt like let's do it right. Mm -hmm. The fun thing, though, is learn.thoughtbot.com. We still handle that because, again, good citizens of the internet, and <laughs> nice. 
Uh, we should make all of that work. Right now, I believe what happens is learn.thoughtbot.com redirects to upcase, which redirects to Thoughtbot. Yeah. But because that's one of our properties, one of the things I'll be doing soon is switching that so it's a single redirect. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, there's certain, uh, there's basically a decay function with each hop. And so you want to be as direct as possible. What do you mean a decay function? So if you hit learn.thoughtbot.com and then you bounce one hop over to upcase.com and then you bounce again, those each of those steps, the link authority essentially oh. uh, reduces, I believe it's 90% for a 301. So 301 is a permanent redirect. This thing now lives over here, but it's not identically the same. So mm -hmm. there are people still out there who are linking to learn.thoughtbot.com. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is take any of those links and redirect them singularly to thoughtbot.com slash upcase. Mm. Uh, there's actually a little bit of cleanup work like that that needs to happen. Now that we're part of thoughtbot.com, there's sitemap stuff that needs to get updated. And there's a couple of links that do exist out there, some within our control. So I'll be able to change those pretty easily to point at the new canonical domain, some that are out there in the broader world. Mm -hmm. uh, so some work. But basically today we, we scheduled a maintenance window. We did that thing, which mm. I occasionally get to do. And take perverse pleasure in just like i have a maintenance window this is fancy mm -hmm. uh, but got to do that it was actually had it not been for github we could have done this transparently could have just kind of happened quietly and then eventually turned on the official redirect so that no longer upcase.com is a thing it all just goes to thoughtbot mm. uh, but the nature of github's oauth callback they needed it to be in the correct place mm. so we basically had to do a hard transition but it actually was pretty easy. We put the site into maintenance mode, pushed up the code changes, turned on the Fastly configuration, switched the GitHub thing, basically turned three keys simultaneously, and then turned it back on, and everything seemed to work. Hmm. So nice. that's where we're at. That's cool. So I'm interested in how this feels, like emotionally or something. Like you changed your home <laughs> on the internet, and you put yourself basically like subordinate to the Thoughtbot name and brand and, and whatnot. Huh. Interesting phrasing that you're using. Uh, I don't feel that at all. No, no, I feel zero of that. And if anything, this feels this feels like home. Hmm. Um, like I, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I very much consider myself a Thoughtbot employee that works on Upcase, mm -hmm. despite the fact that at this point I've been working on Upcase for about a year. Uh, been running it. I think it's like three months or so that I've been running it. Maybe four. Yeah, like four. So I definitely I, I care deeply. I, I'm invested in this thing. As we talk about that little graph that goes up and down, that that defines my <laughs> happiness. Some weeks. Yep. But that said, it's all in the context of Thoughtbot. And every week or every month when I record the weekly iteration, that's me talking about the work that we do here at Thoughtbot. Hmm. So as much as I think Upcase is a great brand, and I think historically, just to go way back, and this is my best understanding of this, so please correct me if I'm wrong, learn.thoughtbot.com and the platform that was introduced there was this idea of let's kind of wrap our arms around all of this learning content that we have, put it up available for a subscription price, uh, and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Overall, it seemed to go really well, with one exception that there seemed to be some confusion. Where does the blog stop and where mm -hmm. does learn begin? And there was, what, what is this thing, Thoughtbot Learn? It, it wasn't a distinct entity. And so the creation of the Upcase brand, the move to the domain, all of that was an attempt to carve it out, make it a little more distinct, make it a little more clear that this is this separate thing. You pay a monthly fee. It's still definitely related to Thoughtbot, although I think we might have overcorrected there and gone like I was looking at one point and Thoughtbot Red was not defined within the application. Mm. It was nowhere to be found and there were no Ralphs anywhere. So we've slowly been introducing those back mm -hmm. and I feel like what we're doing now is kind of 
bringing it back home, but we still retain the Upcase brand and all the effort that was put into, we now have this thing, this name that we can give to all of this content and the way that it's presented and mm -hmm. the community that we've built here. But yeah, I definitely feel like the move to ThoughtBot, that feels right to me, that feels like home. Hmm. Not like I'm moving away from my home, if anything. Huh. So even if you saw no SEO benefits from this at the end of the day, you would still feel like this was a good positive change? Yes. And that was my heuristic for doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to feel, I had to sincerely believe that truth in my world. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm not a fan of SEO for SEOs. Well, that's not entirely true. Uh, the idea of gaming the system or anything like that, definitely not a fan. That said, we work very hard on the content that's here. Uh, personally, I've spent many lonely nights in this studio recording, just talking into a microphone, trying to capture the best ideas that I've found here at ThoughtBot. Mm -hmm. And I want to share that with as many people as I possibly can. So if there are things that I can do that, that get me in front of more people in a legitimate way, like someone searches for Git tutorial, I, I do want to show up for that because I tried really hard on that tutorial. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I'm generally on board with SEO and things that will improve our ranking where we're relevant. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, maybe I would have still entertained this even if it was strictly an SEO play. Mm -hmm. That said, I've been very happy with the fact that all the work that we've done in the SEO world, I've been like, you know, this this feels like we, you know, we added some copy to this page, but that copy is good. Like, I think our subscribers will read that and be like, oh, I understand better what this is about. Yep. And that's been uh, a guiding light on any of that work. Mm -hmm. But back to your question, yes, I do. Maybe I wouldn't have taken on the work because it was a significant, a reasonable body of work to actually do this to make that transition. Mm -hmm a little bit stressful and a little bit of an intense day, but it does feel right to me fundamentally, mm. even if there are no SEO benefits. Interesting. It feels it feels a little bit like like you're thinking of Upcase as an effort of ThoughtBot rather than a company that ThoughtBot owns, in a sense. Uh, Which is technically true. Like it's not a, a separate entity. It's a it is it is ThoughtBot. Upcase is like a dotted line drawn around the yeah. business unit that has you know you in it. Yeah. So I mean. That's one way to look at it, but I think you're looking at it through the lens of product, if I'm not mistaken there. And the way I'm viewing this is about Upcase is the voice, is a voice of ThoughtBot. Mm -hmm. uh, similar to how our blog is, Upcase is that same sort of thing hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so less than thinking about it as a product and like, well, we want this to be able to stand on its own or exist. Uh, m at least the the manner in which I've been thinking about it, and I think where we've seen beneficial uh, people reacting to content, and we've we heard this loud and clear from users when we uh, interviewed them, asking like, "What brought you here? What are you trying to gain from Upcase?" Uh, one of the questions was, "How important was ThoughtBot in your buying decision?" Mm -hmm. and the answers were very solidly like, "It is literally the reason I bought it," or "It was a very strong consideration when I uh, purchased my subscription to Upcase." Yep. And again, it really, it feels true. Like I'm not teaching people how to do Git. I'm teaching people how ThoughtBot thinks about and uses Git. Mm -hmm. So you keep um, the blue branding and all that, you think? Uh, yes. And, and yeah, I, so I still think the differentiation that Upcase provided, the name, the clarification, all of that definitely feels useful mm -hmm. to be able to say like, this is slightly different than the blog. The blog is red and other things are red, blue for Upcase. But Ralph is in the header now, and it says learn with ThoughtBot. So we kind of reintroduced some of that ThoughtBot-related branding, and that's been going on mm -hmm. uh, for a number of months now. And each time we do it, we see little improvements. Those tend to perform well. Mentions of ThoughtBot on the landing page tend to perform well in tests. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do still think it's useful to keep this distinction. So really, this has made the domain switch, and that's about it. That's all that's going to change. Gotcha. Or at least that's my plan right now. Okay.
Cool. Well, congrats on shipping that. Thanks. I know it's been a while in the works. It has. I'd be curious to hear updates of if you do see organic yes. traffic go up. I will certainly be uh, mentioning that because, yeah. frankly, I can be the canary in the coal mine slash, I don't know, what's the good version of that? I can be the... Uh, the, <laughs> the bold entrepreneur who is taking uh, the risk for all of us. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to report back on this, and I certainly will. I'm hopeful, uh, but we'll see. It is a gamble. I'll say that. I'm moving uh, my product to uh, google.com slash formkeep. So it has really pretty wow. amazing domain authority. That's, uh, I believe their domain authority is 100 out of 100. That's, that makes sense. It if it's sort not, of does, but it's kind happens? of cheating. Uh, like if they just said it was, but I think it is algorithmically. Right, probably. I, I would hope so. I yeah. would probably have like a unit test that said like, if Google.com is no longer the top thing. Then reject the Pandas then, update to the Google algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently they do that. I remember reading like Matt Cuts. They have like certain things where it's like, if a search for White House does not return whitehouse.gov as the top, like we probably screwed up and we should not yeah. this code or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, particularly interesting. How do you one. write tests for a thing where the results are yeah heuristic? Yeah, it's got to be. And so you got to do some some stuff like that. But it gets really interesting. Like there was a period where Stack Overflow was being outranked for search terms by a site that scraped Stack Overflow. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I would just call it a bug, basically. Yes, uh, they definitely treated it as a bug, and they they fixed it, but. Yeah. That's an example of the gray and or black hat stuff that goes on in the world of SEO that frankly tarnishes the name. Yeah. Uh, SEO can be, I think, a perfectly relevant and good thing where it's basically like people are searching for a thing. You have that thing. Let's help you bring that together. Right. Just make it easy for your stuff to be found. Yeah. Is a reasonable field to exist. Yeah. Cool. So that happened. I'll be reporting back. It's an interesting thing. Uh, I'm also going on vacation, not next week, but the week after. So I'm setting this up and it'll kind of, in theory, one to three-ish weeks is about as long as we expect this to season four. Uh, there'll be hopefully some ongoing effects, but that's when we should be able to say something interesting. So okay. if I can, I'm going to not look at metrics the entire time I'm on vacation and mm. come back and be like, well, let's open this surprise and see what it is. But we're hopeful. I'll uh, I'll share whatever we find. You know how Safari does those, like mul- mobile Safari does like multiple like window tabby, th- like tabs basically yeah. on mobile Safari. I, one time I flipped that open and I had like six of them and they were all bare metrics. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Yeah. That doesn't seem healthy. Indeed. But, yeah. Uh, that said, uh, so I think that rounds out the domain transition conversation. That's the big thing. I've got a couple others that uh, we can talk through briefly. But We need a celebration sound effect right we do. here. We need a soundboard. Thanks, right Tom. there. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. If uh, I had a button I could press that would make cheering and confetti happen. Soundboard, man. We can get one. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned bare metrics, and that reminded me, Josh Pigford, the uh, CEO of Bear Metrics, did uh, a really interesting thing on Twitter a few days back mm. where he went through ConvertKit's public rec- uh, public metrics. So that's one of the open startups, I think is the name of it. But basically all their stuff on yeah. Bear Metrics is open and visible to the public. Same yeah. is true for Bear Metrics. Same is true for, um, what's the one? Buffer. Buffer. Buffer's the, yeah, the big one that's on there. But he basically did a teardown of the metrics and shared, like, well, when I see this piece of data, I think this and this Mm -hmm. and that. He did initially as a tweet storm, which was vaguely interesting, but most people at the end were like, this was amazing. Would have been better as a blog post. And Mm -hmm. then he eventually re-released it as a blog post, but really, really interesting stuff there. Um, Also, they've got such a pretty graph. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. That thing's amazing. Nathan Barry, the founder of ConvertKit, gave a talk at MicroConf. Yep. And it's just like... We, well, so we did some stuff, and then this thing happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let me just start with the opening slide, which is this picture. And then, uh, but so that was an extremely interesting read. As an alternate point to that, he also put out a blog post. There was an email that he personally received about, is Barometrics really only making 45K a month or something to that effect? Just right. very stark one sentence, uh, kind of implicitly judgmental. And so he wrote a blog post kind of bearing his feelings to the world about that and talking about like, this is hard. This is actually what it looks like for most people. Uh, and that was also extremely interesting. Yeah, so. I liked that post. He, talk, he said, yes, like I'm, I expected to be past here. Like it's frustrating that we're not beyond it. Yep. It was, it was really, it was great. I love when people have candor. Yeah. And put that kind of thing out there. Yep. I have heard people complain that when you ask entrepreneurs how they're doing, they basically always say, we're crushing it. Crushing it. It's yeah. amazing. And so it's nice to see other people be like, uh, it's hard. We're not doing what we want to do. Yep. I'm frustrated. But we're going to keep on slogging because that's what we do, yeah. and we're going to get through it. What's interesting is like that convert kit graph. It does look extremely smooth, and I think they actually had a, a very uh, exponential slash linear growth. But if you look at individual segments of it, and if you were hyper focusing on it, you might see a different thing. You might see like, oh no, it dropped. It dropped by this much, and you know uh, yeah. the same sort of things that we talk about and that was talked about in the Barometrics. So I, I hung out with Nathan a bit at MicroConf, and like. My understanding, I don't want to put words in his mouth, is that, yes, the company is doing really well, but he just has different problems. Yeah. Like, he's not stressed that revenue is not going up enough, but it's like, I have to hire really fast now because we have to support all these people. And then for a while, they had a support problem because mm -hmm. they were putting in so many customers. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, that's a great problem to have. It's like, yes, but it's still a problem. Yes. So it's, I think you just, you have different things you're focused on. Like, there's mm -hmm. always, I guess, stress. <laughs> it's just always, it's always hard. You just have different kinds of hard. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, really good reads. We'll send. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes. But if you haven't checked them out and you're interested in that sort of stuff, highly recommend both of those. Yeah. Uh, moving on, some other stuff we did. Uh, I'll go pretty quickly through these. We added credit card info on the My Account page, and the purpose of that was people have asked for it before, but largely it was to support uh, the ability to reactivate and resubscribe. So reactivate is live now. Nice. If you've canceled and you change your mind, there's a button there that you can click, and it's got the similar sort of CTA markup that we've been using elsewhere on the site. So uh, if you end up there, you now have a way to reactivate your subscription. Yep. Uh, reactivate in the Stripe sense is you click to cancel, so you are scheduled to stop being billed at the end of your current period. Uh -huh. Reactivate is basically like, nope, undo that, but no money actually changes hands at that oh, point. Okay. So that's a so reactivate. You undo your cancellation. You undo your cancellation, and you're back to the same billing cycle that you were on. Uh, resubscription is more interesting. That's where you were a former subscriber. We have credit card information for you. Rather than forcing you to have to re-enter that credit card info and kind of go through that, I should just be able to give you a button that says resubscribe. And so now uh, we actually don't, I can't say that we shipped it this week. Uh, John is literally, he had to leave, but the pull request is done. He's ready to push that and uh, have that live. But I'm excited about that. That's part of the broader kind of email work that we were doing. There's a sequence that I set up in Drip that basically puts people in a bucket after they cancel, mm. gives them a little bit of space. I think I've got it set to like three months, and then it tags them as uh, there's a particular tag that says, like, you should get in touch with them again. Mm -hmm. And then I send them an email that says, hey, we've released these great new courses, bunch of weekly iterations. We've made these improvements to the site. We'd love for you to come back. And now I can give a link that goes directly to this thing. So it's a one-button click. They're back in. Yay. Cool. Uh, a lot of people say that when they're canceling, their cancellation reason is just taking a break, going on vacation. Love the content, but I've got to focus on something else for a little while. Right. Uh, so this is my best attempt to uh, keep them honest on that or to give them an easy avenue to come on back. I know you have thought about this. Um, what about a like pause my subscription for two months button? 
instead of a cancel or next to the cancel button. Yeah. So I think the right now the cancel page is pretty stark. It's just a box and then a cancel button. We require you to put something in that text box, which is an interesting thing in and of itself, but I found it hugely valuable and had some great conversations and gained insight. I know we've annoyed a few users and I do legitimately feel bad about that, but the feedback that we get from that is incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. But right now that's the extent of the cancellation page. There's no attempts to say reach out or offer solutions or uh, downsell to a different plan. I think right. historically we might've had that, but at this point it's just that. So mm-hmm. I think something like that, I just want to pause and that explicitly puts them on, you know, a sort of timer, something like that. Yep. I, I think it'd be but, cool if it's like, it's pauses them and then it automatically puts them back in it. To me, that's the value is like you get oh. them back for free kind of. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I, I've, I feel like we'd need to get the copy just right on that oh, yeah. because I would hate to surprise someone with that. Yep. But I like that idea. Um, like, pause for two months and then resubscribing on them. Oh, that's interesting. Thanks, Ben. That's yeah. a good idea. Sure. No problem. So, yeah, as of next week, I hope to be able to say that we actually have the resubscribe button live, but we have all of the foundation and basically the PR is ready to go. And the other two, the credit card info is active and the reactivate button active. Cool. Uh, recorded two weekly iteration videos this week, uh, which is always fun. And then following that, I did a very quick first pass at a video for hey welcome to upcase this is uh this Many is page video oh like welcome video this would be for the practice page or the like trail listing page okay but yes you mean the uh, courses page i mean the trail uh, i mean the practice page because nomenclature uh the page the first page that you see as a new user that sort of thing i want to make it as welcoming as possible so this was very much a first stab at that uh we have gabe coming in next week to do some more recording so i might take what i did there make a more formal script and try it again. But this was just, I want to get some words out there and see what you know this feels like. Uh, similarly, did the same thing with the weekly iteration. And that's for non-subscribers who have landed on the weekly iteration page saying like, hey, welcome, this is the weekly iteration. We cover all these topics. It's ThoughtBot, uh, ThoughtBot developers and designers talking about what they're passionate about. We even have a few free episodes. If you scroll down, you'll see those. Currently, there's just a five minute sample from the very first video which is sort of stark. Uh, it's good because you get to see sort of the depth of one topic, right? but it doesn't give you a sense of the breadth of either the number of different people from ThoughtBot that are on the weekly iteration or the breadth of the content that we cover. Mm-hmm. So we have those. Might re-record. We'll see what they end up at, but excited to be moving on that. Cool. Uh, Gabe has been furiously working on outlines for a course that he is going to be recording next week, as well as a bunch of weekly iterations as he's going to be recording next week. So... Will he be here? He's coming here. Oh, great. Yeah. Nice. Um, that was part of the the game. I uh, wanted to make sure that as part of having a remote person joining Upcase, we could get them to come here, do some recording. Uh, I'm also starting to try and figure out how can we do remote recording, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Goose is now moving to Japan. Mm-hmm. We were hoping to re-record the Intermediate Rails Trail, but that will be difficult, but maybe it won't. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out. I've, I've had kind of, I think, this limiting belief that recording has to happen in this studio here. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. So I want to figure out how do we bridge that. I really like the human video aspects, uh, even if like some of the courses that we have, it's just someone talking into a microphone and a screen recording. But still, at the beginning of that, we've been putting just "Hey, welcome," and it's a it's a video of their face. It's a human. It's got that you know nice touch. But I feel like we can find a middle ground. So that's the goal. Programming for humans. So with that one, From actually, the robots <laughs> at Thoughtbot. We uh, we pre-recorded those intros with Goose before he left. So we have those in the can, and oh, now he's just got to record, you know, all of the content for the just, course. Yeah. But we have those little humanizing elements to put at the beginning and the end of the oh, videos. Oh, good. Well, that's the, the hardware's done then. You know, people like people. 
even weird it's developer weird, right? folks. Yep. Yeah, I like people. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I do. Uh, and lastly, sent out the quarterly update, just letting the rest of uh, ThoughtBot know what's going on in Upcase Land, how's our MRR doing. Not everyone listen to, listens to this podcast, so they don't get the nuanced, detailed view of it every week. I can't understand why. <laughs> Uh, so that's most of what I got. Have some answers, and unfortunate, not a great week on earnings, but we'll talk about that uh, as we get there. But feeling good about the work that got done this week. Very good about that. Cool. Okay. How about you, Ben? What have you been up to? Uh, it's been a good week. Well, it's it's been an up and down week, honestly. Mentally, I've been a little all over the place. We had like some good days and some not as good days, and so I've, like my excitement level is like still too tied. When you say some, so you're talking about revenue. Revenue, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, like, when like I wake up in the morning and like the revenue is higher than it was before, I'm like, ooh, I'm pumped. And then like we like sh- I like ship a bunch of stuff. And when like it's kind of flat, I'm like, I'm not pumped. You know, just just as a counterpoint, and hopefully this will help. I've looked at your graph a few times this week and just been like, ah, I wish my graph looked like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So you know, the outsider's point of view sees that. It took me like uh, like 11 nanoseconds to accust- to make myself accustomed to the new growth rate and to demand in my head that it be higher. Now the expectation is this linear growth and if it's anything below that then that's failure and yeah. Yeah. The what's that the hedonic treadmill? Yeah, yeah hedonic that adaptation. Yeah, yeah, it didn't take very long. Um so but these are things that I'm aware of and we'll work on. But Ben, you're crushing it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. We're crushing it. <laughs> I meant to say. Uh so we got some good stuff done this week. Um I published a blog post. I think it was I think it published. It went in the queue of to publish. This is on robots. Yeah. Tale of three pricing models. Yeah, but where is it? Uh, you probably did not publish. I, I meant to. It's queued, so if you didn't put a date, it just gets added to the list. Okay, I think it's just in the in the queue then. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because we're fancy and we only do two a day or something. Okay. Yep. Well, so I, I am ready. I have <laughs> asked to be published a blog post. Right. Uh, about our pricing models. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ForumKeep has had three distinct pricing eras. Yep. And we're in era three right now, so I thought it'd be interesting to sort of talk about the things we learned and the mm-hmm. pros and cons and, and where we're, we're going. So I'll admit I read uh, the internal, like the as you were writing it version and that, the pull request for it. And I, I was struck by the last paragraph where you say, so here's where we're at. But if we're being honest, we're probably not going to stay here for long. We're going <laughs> to try things. So initially I was like, more pricing changes. All right. But the thing that you said, and I think the thing that stands out to me, is that you've lowered the cost of testing by introducing the, I guess, the different plans or however you have it structured. It's very easy for you to just cycle those out and keep people grandfathered in. Mm. So the idea of not annoying your existing users and being able to quick, pretty quickly spin up, say, a new tier or mm-hmm. switch it and only have three or change different aspects. I actually, I really like that. I sort of lament the lack of that on my side. Uh, so that's good. Hmm. Kudos to that, Ben. Cool, thank you. Um, but also, stop changing the price. No, um, <laughs> it's. I have some more thoughts. Some more thoughts on that as well. So yeah, the blog post happened. I have been talking about how I needed to work on the onboarding mm-hmm. uh, for the app and shipped a, a number of good changes there this week. I think it's actually better than it was by a decent amount. Uh, one is we basically chopped one step out of the funnel. So previously, you would sign up. So you'd give us username, password, credit card. And the third step was create a form. What's the name of the form you want to yep. make? And then actually like set up the form and, and submit it to us. And I just defaulted. I just threw a default in there. Like it's called like my default, like default first form or yep. something. And we just skipped that whole like you even choose a form thing. So now you get dumped right into the dumped. You get placed gingerly. You uh, get carefully scored. positioned for success. C- correct. Uh, yeah, onboarded, concierged onto the uh, <laughs> setup page. Uh, which has also been improved. And I've used my learnings of watching people use products and things like that to say, 
people don't read things. So I deleted a lot of text and they like, they like big headlines. And so I made some big headlines. And so, yeah, so the setup page, which is actually a really crucial page for us because that's like where the thing happens. It's mm. like username, and password, credit card. Now it's like time to actually connect your form to FormKeep. And if you don't do that, you're going to cancel. So that setup page has, is like a heavy lifting page. And so it's a lot better now, I think. So you, that's part of your funnel, correct? Yep. Like the funnel that you've instrumented in Amplitude. Mm-hmm. What was, what is the historical conversion rate? with rough numbers of people going through just to give a sense of how realistic a data point that is. Sure. I will read you some numbers. Okay. So in the last seven days, uh, 60 people have given us the username and password. Okay. We call that signed up. And that gets them to the point where they would... Credit card. Okay. Of those 60, 12 entered a credit card. So we have 80% drop off. More on this later. (laughs) Uh, Of those 12, 11 create a form. So that mostly works. But actually, we I'm still... I'm surprised by that one, actually. Yeah. So, and like over, the, like over a month, we have a number of people that sign up, enter credit card, never make a form. Like literally the first, all, the, all they have to do is come up with a name for a form. They're like, nah, I got stuff to do. I'm out of here. So, but they're paying you. They're, well, they're on a trial. So maybe. Okay. I assume they're not going to be paying us for long. Yeah. Um, so like we actually have some, some uh, loss in that step. So that's the one that is now gone. Uh, for the funnel, and then of the twelve, of the eleven people that created a form, six actually received a submission, meaning they sent us data from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of scary. Yeah, uh, the two the two drops, the credit card drop and the received submission drop. And so I'm working on both those. Yeah. So this little bit was focused on the received submission portion, or like the create creative form to receive submission. So now the setup page is what tells you how to send us data. And so I did two major things. One is to like redesign it, less text, better headlines, uh, added some helpful like colorization of like, mm-hmm. you add this thing to your form tag and yada, yada. I also gave people a way to simulate a form submission. Right. So now like rather than the empty state just being like, you haven't sent us anything. Screw you, go write code or like go yeah. push to production or whatever. It's like click this button and you'll see what it looks like when you have a submission. And um, I think that's nice because it gives you a, a flavor, like a taste of the UI, the full mm-hmm. thing. It's like, okay, yeah, I do want this. This looks cool. I want my data to be in this nice presentation with, you know, with the gravatar and all that stuff. So hoping to fix that like created form to receive submission bit right there. Yeah. I figured chopping a full step out of the funnel and also improving that setup page should have some good impacts there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of the specific funnel and then looking at the steps and saying like, which of these are most painful? Oh, those two feel bad. And then applying some effort to those. Mm-hmm. I'm super intrigued by the one person that signed up and just didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, and like over a month, that's actually like not a super trivial amount of people. It's yeah. like, uh, like, uh, I guess that's, so like over, it's like one a week. It looks like <laughs> gives us a credit card doesn't even do the first like and, th- and that f- that create the form thing is like literally it's one it's a field yeah. it's a form with one field it's one text field you one put text field any text and there's hint in text in there and it just says like step one just do this don't worry about it it's gonna be fine and like yeah. four people are like meh hmm. command w so let's talk about the the more interesting thing to me which is the 80 percent drop off from the person was like yes i want form keep you sold me using your landing page i've entered my email and password Oh, credit card? Never mind. So they've seen uh, things about money before this point, right? Yes. So they've clicked well, the plan. The plan has maybe dollars. Maybe not. So there is a call to action in the header of FormKeep, which it says create my form. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, it should. Uh, and then when you click that, it has the uh, sign-up form. And next to that is a thing saying, you're signing up for the personal plan. Right. But well, that's where you... It's possible yeah. you're missing. And the, he- the title of that page is start your 14-day free trial. 
So it kind of looks like it's like money-ish, but maybe it doesn't, mm. it's not 100% clear to people that, hey, on the next screen, you're actually like giving us a credit card. But so I looked at this and I had an onboarding call. I, I've been doing that, uh, like trying to bribe people to talk to me on the Skypes and whatnot. And um, I talked to a guy who was a co-founder of a startup, technical person, mm-hmm. putting a form on a static site, perfect customer. And uh, I started out by saying like, so like before we start, like, do you have any questions for me? And he said, yeah, why the F did I have to give you my credit card to start using the product? And I was like, yeah. Hmm. And so a couple of weeks ago, I added that like no thanks button on that credit card page um, where we asked people for their credit cards mm-hmm. and like got a lot of, res- like got 75 responses, most of which were variants of like, I don't want to do this yet. I want to try it. I want to try it. Not ready to do this. want to try it. Hard to get the corporate card. <coughs> want to try this. Like it was just like a million variants of that. Hmm. Um, and so everyone's just like, I don't want to do this now. And when you see the 80% fall off rate, it's like, yeah, it's pretty clear that people are not into this. So, in a branch, I have a, uh, I have started, and we're actually pretty close uh, to a uh, no credit card upfront trial. No credit card upfront trial. Yeah. So you can start a trial without entering a credit card. Yep. And this is different than the sixty-day money-back guarantee, which was still a credit card upfront. Yes. So you're running that test. That test is that still is, going. Been, no, I stopped it. Okay. And that can you remind me what the outcome? Uh, I decided not to go with the guarantee. It was about the same in terms of MR, like total MRR gain. Like it seemed like given trial conversion rates and mm-hmm. all that, it was like okay, they're about equal. But like the guarantee just didn't feel good. It got fewer people into the system. It was just not, and gotcha. it was atypical and unexpected for a lot of people. And okay, so you're contemplating getting rid of the credit card? No, it's decided. I'm doing it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they've spoken. They have spoken, and it's it's worth trying. You know, like when I see all those people that never come back, it's just like this opportunity there. Yeah. So what's, what does trying mean in this case? Because we've got a 14 day free trial, Mm -hmm. then they're going to, so it's at least 14 days, right? Yeah. So a little bit more than that. Still a trial. Yeah. Uh, So you have 14 days to use this site Mm -hmm. as a full customer would, but then at the end of 14 days, we're going to stop accepting submissions on your forms if you don't give us your credit card. Well, I, I meant more specifically for you. Oh, for me. What does this what test, does test look like? Then? Yeah. I'm How not going to do an A-B test. test. It's, it's, there's too much code to do it, like to actually maintain both. Like a parallel A-B test. Right. But you are going to... So I assume you're treating, or at least the, the phrasing that you're using right now is like, well, it's worth a try. Yeah. So to me, a try means an experiment. Sure. So let's call this an experiment. Okay. Uh, I understand, and I've done the same thing where I've said, like, it would just be too much work to do this as a true A-B split test. Mm-hmm. So instead, you're doing a time series variant sort of thing. Yep. Like, historically, it was this. Now it's going to be that. Right. But my my question is, how long do you need to leave that running? And, like, how mm-hmm. many people do you need to see go through the system before you can say? Like, I'd love to say, in six weeks on the podcast, you and I are going to talk about this, and y'all at that point be able to say where it worked. I don't think before, like, 14 days in is not enough time, is my stance. Because then one group of people will have hit the conversion point. Right. It's not enough to really tell you one way or another. So mm-hmm. it needs to be something more than that. Mm-hmm. A month feels, I don't know, like a number that's maybe interesting. And maybe we talk about this again in a month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I have about a month of data on the current okay. setup. So like f- from signed up to receive submission, we're getting about 10% total people through that funnel. Yep. So I think that's kind of the number to look at, which is in a mo- after we ship this a month after that, what's our overall conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And this is not, by the way, just purely um, a qualitative decision. Uh, so there, I came across, did we link to this before? I can't remember. 
I think we did. I think we linked to this in the past, and I'll we'll do it again. I forget what it's called right now. But this company did this survey of like a hundred SA- successful SaaS companies and looked at different pricing m- models, which mm-hmm. they broke down to, or basically trial uh, credit card upfront versus not. And the credit card not upfront outperformed overall. Like then, in terms of net new subscribers, mm-hmm. uh, did better in their data. Okay, so a little bit of information there. Yeah. Like, yes, you. Uh, convert lower percentages from the people of trials into paid but you convert more overall right based on you know that so limited sample set but at least there's some data there that says there's a little bit of precedent like people other people have had success with this approach hmm. over the our current approach and like the, the things that i'm seeing in the numbers and the feedback of people in that forum like are kind of all pushing me in that direction so it sounds relatively clear we're gonna try it and see what happens onward and upward i want more i want more trials i want more always more always more never enough Never. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just need to meditate more and we'll be fine. <laughs> meditate more. Yes. I need to meditate harder and more. Yeah, yeah, we'll never it. enough meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm used to meditating 20 minutes a day now, so now it's not enough. And so I need to, I need to meditate better than ever before. Get my resting heartbeat down to 15 Ooh, or so. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm going to start submerging myself in ice water <laughs> as like a hobby. I've heard good things. The Wim Hof method, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've, Read some headlines, mm-hmm. tweets. They come up. Want to do our questions? Yeah, let's okay. do that. Why is the product better for your customers the last week? Uh, not a ton here. We did produce a weekly iteration, as we do every week, the March of Progress. Uh, there's a bunch more things in work. We have a new trail that will hopefully go out soon, but for this week, just the weekly iteration. Okay. What have you done to acquire more customers since last week? We moved our domain, reintegrated with ThoughtBot. Holy moly. I know, right? Uh, we also enabled the reactivation, so if anyone cancels and they want to come back, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and teetering on the edge of resubscription. <laughs> cool. Uh, what did you do well that you should repeat? We shipped. We uh, pushed the domain transition over the edge. Uh, that had been on the to-do list for, I believe, if we're being honest, like six to eight months. How much of a factor was the fact that I was going to call you out on the podcast about it? Uh, none. Okay. <laughs> this really was, so it's an interesting thing where there was a specific amount of, I'm going to call it activation energy to get over the like friction associated with this thing. A lot of physics terms in this sentence. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. A little bit of effort applied a bunch of times was not enough to right. move this, but a little bit more effort that just got us over the hump. Particularly, we need to figure something out with the Fastly config. There was right. a very specific thing. We finally got in touch, got a great support person on the phone. Nice. Also, shout out to Fastly. Amazing company. Makes an amazing product. Love what they have. Their support was incredible. Nice. Once we got them on the phone, they're one of those companies where finding a support link where you can actually talk to a human is hard, but once you do, awesome. Nice. Once we got over that line, it was just like, oh, okay. Wait, this is real now. Okay, let's. Uh, we got to do redirects. We got to do this, and then the rest of it was just kind of—I won't say clerical, but it was uh, filling in and figuring out the rest of the little pieces, like the GitHub thing, and making sure the exercise system still worked, et cetera, et cetera. How old do you think you will be when the last link to upcase.com is obliterated from the internet? Uh, when's the heat death of the universe? Yeah. So much physics. Uh, what did you do less well <laughs> that you should reduce? Uh, what did I do? I did not increase MRR. It was my standout. Uh, I actually felt really good about the work that I did this week. I felt like things were moving. I still let myself get distracted by that, and MRR did not increase, so you know we got that. Mm. Uh, but overall, really happy with the work that got done this week. So cool. feeling good, actually. Nice. What do you hope to do by next time? 
by next time. Uh, there's a couple of follow-ons, getting some actual canonical domain links to the new domain, uh, cleaning up some stuff. Getting canonical links? What does that mean? So right now there's a lot of things that point at upcase.com. There's nothing that links to thoughtbot.com slash upcase. Ah, so to okay. kind of give it roots in Google's eyes, uh, we want to get some actual links pointing in. And I have some that we control within ThoughtBot itself. So mm-hmm. I'm going to use those as the primaries and then start some outreach to say like, hey, you person that's linking to Upcase, you like us, right? How Can much are you going to pay me to update BenOrenstein.com? <laughs> Cogulate? Are they the same? <laughs> that's, that's gone, unfortunately. Uh, a high five. One solid high five. You're not so allowed to buy links. The other... Ah, <laughs> oh, set up. Uh, the other main thing there is there's a sitemap. ThoughtBot.com has a sitemap right now. It's the thing that Google uses. So we're going to update that. There's a magic way where one sitemap can reference another. Just got to set that up and then say, Google, take another look. And that will hopefully kick this into gear. Cool. So that's got to happen. Gabe is going to be here and recording. So I want to support him and all of that, uh, work with him to flesh out the outlines and then any other support that he needs. Uh, But that'll largely be on his plate. Uh, And then the last thing, I would love to launch the next course next week, particularly before I go on vacation. That's a lot to ask, but we do have our checklist from last time. Nice. So we'll see. Uh, it does mean I would be away for the week of, in theory, marketing, but I could always come back and do the marketing. But I really, I do want to push that, uh, see how close we can get. So okay, that's the game. Cool. Uh, what is your MRR? $34,434 to be specific, which is a drop of $235 from last week, unfortunate, which is 0.7% down percent there we go yeah gave you your percentage Thank i you. like the absolute you like the percent we'll find something in the middle all right ben yes similarly uh how is your product better for subscribers um the uh onboarding is now actually the setup in general is is better and onboarding in particular mm-hmm. uh, and that actually is relevant to even existing customers because when you start a new form you have to set that up again so the setup page is better for you nice yep. what did you do to get more subscribers uh the blog post which kind of is published <laughs> Eh, semi-shipped, man. I can't do anything more to make it happen except to override the blog publishing schedule, so I'm calling it <laughs> calling it done. All right. I'll give it to you. Uh, what did you do well that you should repeat? There have been other ThoughtBotters helping out on FormKeep, which is cool. Um, making sure they stay unblocked and pairing with them and all that has been good. So we're moving faster because we are a team. Yep. What did you do poorly that you should uh, try and stop? Um so until I decided that this trial thing, like getting like trying the new trial, no credit card upfront mm-hmm. thing, was what we should do, I had like this was like maybe Tuesday or maybe you know Monday Tuesday. Where I felt kind of unsure of where to go. Right. I was like, I think I could work on some of the onboarding stuff. And I just I just sort of was in this like limbo state of like nothing felt good enough, mm-hmm. and like no customers were talking to me. Like I didn't have any onboarding calls. I was just kind of like I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so I just felt like I was like fiddling in certain ways. And I I got back on it and like yesterday. And, and today have been really good, but uh, it took a little while. So I don't know. Having some of those tasks that are like these are good housekeeping tasks to do all the time would be useful for times like that. Okay. I mean, I think times like that are going to happen regardless. And it sounds like you got yourself out of it. You you did whatever necessary work to think through it and pick a direction. Yeah. But I think particularly what you're highlighting there is making sure you have stuff to fill those gaps mm-hmm. so that you're not just completely idle. Or maybe even taking space, honestly. Like, yeah. There might be times where it's like, you know what? I'm leaving at 2 o'clock because yep. I need to like go think about stuff. I'm going to take a walk for an hour and just like ponder what we should do. Yeah. Let yeah. your head roll around. Especially if you've just gone through a big like a bulk of effort. Then right. it might be time to step back and be like, all right, I was just trying really hard on a bunch of things. What's the next set of things, the next big set of things that I need to try hard on? Right. The idea that like your creative process and like having ideas and all that fits neatly within the the work hours of a given week is kind of like yeah kind of but yeah. 
Yeah. I definitely found that to be more reasonable when I was working on client projects and totally. things had already been planned out. But when the work to be done is planning, sometimes I just can't trick my brain into going to planning mode. And yep. the best thing to do is probably nothing to mm -hmm. do a thing that is entirely unrelated. Yeah. Yep. Eureka and whatnot. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what are your plans for next week? I would like to launch the no credit card upfront trial okay. changes. That's actually a significant effort. Yeah. Once again, these goddamn legacy pricing things like the paper form situation mm -hmm. where we have some people on these new plans, we have some people on paper form, we have some people have never created a form, so they have no plan. Like there's just like so many states a user can be in subscription wise. Yep. So doing this new thing is so hard. I almost like almost today was punted like wanted to punt on it and say, let's do this after we yank out the old stuff hmm. when we after we're done that's, with grandfather you're in the like 60 day period now right yeah it, that, that's like like early june early to mid-june so <sighs> but who's counting a month yeah uh, like a month and change um but i think we're gonna make it work anyway okay um, with the existing stuff uh, you sound relatively committed to it now and it sounds clear based on the way you're describing it so i would support finding a way to to push it through even within yep. the complexity yep unfortunate but yeah yeah it's it's a pain but i think it's worth doing now rather than waiting just because it's a little harder all right. I'm afraid. How's your MRR doing? Uh, MRR is good. It's up 4% to $6,811. Very nice. What's the absolute change between weeks? Oh, Jesus. I don't even know. Um, um, $250. Hey, you completely offset and then some my loss. <laughs> Perfect. Go team. It's a good thing we're on product team together. It is. All right. Well, Ben, it has been a pleasure. It has. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom the Tailwind Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 194. Thanks for listening.